Welcome to the Redeemer Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead, and I'm your host. I'm also the student and outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church, and it is so good to be back with Theology 101. It is uh, Saturday, December. Let's see, I'm recording this on, it's Thursday, so that means Friday's the 4th, and Saturday's the 5th. So December 5th, uh, 2020, this year is almost over, and I am almost done with uh, Theology 101, our whole series through the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And so last week we looked at um, the way um, in which redemption um, and all the benefits of Christ become ours, and that's through faith and repentance. And uh, just to go back, just to do a little recap, question 85 says, what does God require us of us that we may escape his wrath and curse due to us for our sin? Now remember, this question is brought upon us because we just did an exposition of the moral law of God and the Ten Commandments. And when we study the moral law of the Ten Commandments, we see that that is God's absolute perfect uh, standard of righteousness. And when we put our life up against that, we see our absolute need. We see how we fall short. We see our sin. We see that our lives are not pleasing to God. We're corrupt in every aspect of our life. We don't conform to God's image and what he demands of us. Therefore, God being just, righteous, and holy uh, has every right and should um, punish us for our sin. And yet, he sends his son, Jesus Christ, as the Savior of sinners. And so, and he dies on the cross for our sins. He lives the perfect life. He obeys God perfectly. He fulfills the law. And the way by which we receive his righteousness, which we need to stand before God, is by virtue of faith. To escape the wrath, this is the answer to question 85, to escape the wrath and curse due to us for sin, God requires of us faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and repentance leading to life. And then the second half of this, so uh, the way, the, the vehicle or the instrument by which we receive the righteousness of Christ, by which we are saved, is faith. Faith clings to the person and work of Jesus Christ, and in so doing, it, re- it repents, it turns from sin, it hates its sin, its mind has been, your mind has been changed as the Holy Spirit has uh, made us alive, giving us faith and repentance, renewing our mind. And then from there on out, God then uses ordinary means, outward means, um, in order to conform us to the image of his Son. So we're justified by faith alone, and then we are sanctified, we're made more like Christ, this process of becoming more like Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit, by applying the outward means by which Christ gives us, gives to us the benefits of redemption. And so, what are those outward means? What are the ordinary means of grace, is what the Reformed theologians call it. The means by which God um, makes us more like Christ. The means by which the Holy Spirit uses in our life to purge out sin and to um, kill our sin and to make us more like Jesus Christ. And there's three things, three things. It's the Word of God, the sacraments or the ordinances, um, baptism in the Lord's Supper, and prayer. And so that's, yep, you guess it, that's the next, next three sections we're going into. And so question 88 starting on this means of grace, says, what are the outward and ordinary means by which Christ gives to us the benefits of redemption? So how is the benefits of Christ's redemption, how are they applied to us um, by the Holy Spirit? But what does the Holy Spirit use? How do we know of these things? The answer, 
The outward and ordinary means by which Christ gives to us the benefits of redemption are his ordinances, especially the word, sacraments, and prayer. And all these are made effective in the salvation of the elect. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Acts 2, 41 through 42 says, So then when they received his word, they were baptized, and they were added to the day, to that day about 3,000 souls. And they, the early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So that is the word of God. And to the fellowship, uh, that's the church, the breaking of bread and prayer. So the fellowship that was by means of baptism and the Lord's Supper, that's the breaking of the bread and then prayer. So those were what they devoted themselves to, and those are the means by which God communicates his grace to us in the person of Jesus Christ. So we know about Jesus Christ. How do we, If Jesus is the means by which we're saved, if Jesus is the grace of God to sinners, by what vehicles or by what ways do we know of who Jesus is? How are those communicated to us? How can we have communion um, with God to receive Christ? One, it's through the Word of God, right? That's how we come to know Jesus. It's through the visible signs of the gospel, the baptism and the Lord's Supper for us believers, and through prayer. It's through prayer. It's how we have access to God. So let's dive into this. Um, As one, just before we go, one theologian says, in the story, in the preceding comment, the father could have used any number of ways to gain hold of of the sinking child. An oar or a rope, for example. In the same way, God uses various methods or outward and ordinary means to bring the inward graces of repentance and faith to our hearts. And what we learn in question 88 is that the outward and ordinary means by which Christ gives us the benefits of redemption are his ordinances, especially the word, the baptism, Lord's Supper, and prayer. And prayer. So let's spend some time on the word since I'm already six minutes in here. All right. Question 89. How is the word of God made effective to salvation? How is that an outward ordinary means by which God communicates Jesus in the covenant of grace to sinners? Answer. The spirit of God makes the reading, but especially the preaching of the word an effective means of convincing and converting sinners and building them up in holiness and comfort through faith to salvation. Okay, so the spirit of God makes the reading, but especially the preaching of the word an effective means of convincing and converting sinners and building them up in holiness. So we have one, those sinners that aren't saved, the word of God is used when the preacher preaches or when there's the hearing of the word, the sinner hears it, the Spirit applies the word, convincing and converting sinners, but then also for believers, for building them up in holiness and comfort through faith to salvation. So Nehemiah 8 speaks of this. Um, they, the Israelites return home from, from exile. The wall is rebuilt, the temple is rebuilt, and Nehemiah says they read from the book, from the law of God, clearly, and they gave the sense so that people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, um, priest and scribe, 
And the Levites who taught the people said to the people, This day is the is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep for all um for all sorry, I keep losing my spot. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. So they were convicted. They were convinced as they heard the words read. Acts twenty Verse 32, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So we see the word of God being used to build up the believers in holiness. Romans 10, 14 through 17, how then will they call on him? How will sinners, unbelievers call on him whom they have not believed? How, how will they do that? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet are those who bring the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what, we, what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. God has his elect. God has chosen before the foundation of the world to, ser- uh, to, to save sinners, to pull them out of the world, to give them new life. But the way in which he does that is through the preacher or through the reading of God's word and the Holy Spirit taking that and applying that to the heart, um, freeing the heart from bondage to slave, awakening the heart from deadness to sin, convincing and converting sinners. It's amazing. And then 2 Corinthians 3 we all know this. Uh, Paul says, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God. Its origin is in God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. There you have it. The means of grace, the Word of God. So question 90 then. How is the word to be read and heard that it may become effective to salvation? Answer, we must attend the word with diligence, preparation, and prayer. Receive it then, so we must attend to the word with diligence, preparation, and prayer, and then receive it with faith and love, and lay it up in our hearts and practice um, it in our lives so that it may become effective to salvation. So how is the word to be read and heard that it may become effective? When we, we, we attend to it diligently in preparation and prayer, we receive it by faith and love. We lay it in our hearts, we store it in our hearts, and then we practice what it says. Um, so many verses here, 1 Peter 2, 1 through uh, 2. So put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, and like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up in, into salvation. Talking about the word there. Psalm 119.18, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. So we lay it to our hearts. We receive it by faith. Um, And then we practice it, right, in our lives. Psalm 119.11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. 2 Thessalonians 2.10, and with all the wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. Hebrews 4, 2, for the good news came to, to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. So we're, we're called to hear the word by faith. I love what one comment of a theologian says. Many people read the Bible but do not gain help from it because they do not put the time or effort into it, nor do they seek God's help to understand and obey its teaching. 
This is to be like the person who wants to pass an exam without preparing for it. We should not be like that. And so we have the word of God. We have God's word given to us. And it's God's grace. It is. Um, Not that if you read it, you are saved, but it communicates. It communicates the grace of God in the person of Jesus Christ. That's how the word of God is an ordinary, ordinary means of grace. Every Sunday, every Wednesday night, when you hear the word of God preached, it is God's grace being communicated to you. Wow. To build you up, to comfort you, to save sinners, to convince you of your sin, to convert sinners. And to build you up and to become more like Christ, to build up your faith, um, all these things. And so when we come before Wednesday night, especially a Sunday morning, we are to prepare to attend the Word of God. Pray on your way to church. Um, pray that God will give you faith to receive it, to, to lay it up in our hearts, to store it in our hearts. All these things are ways by which God communicates His graces through the Word of God. So application there. It's amazing. It's amazing. Are we cherishing the Word of God like we should? Thank you so much for listening to this, to this awesome truth. I mean, I'm, I, I learn from it every every single week that I do this. I, I'm learning something. I'm convicted of something. But thank you so much for listening to Theology 101. If you want more information about our church, go to RedeemerRockford.Church. Um, come on a Sunday morning. Come on a Wednesday night if you're a student and a Thursday night if you're a college student. We'd love to have you. We want you to grow in God's grace through the Word of God. So we take with high priority the preaching of God's Word at Redeemer Church. We'd love to have you. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.